0: My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride, and I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Today, I've got a friend of mine, Luigi Prestonenzi joining me. and I always have a great time talking with Luigi about this stuff because he is willing to go places that a lot of people aren't willing to go. Uh, Luigi is the co-founder and head of growth at the Sales IQ group based out of Melbourne, Australia. He's the host of the Sales IQ podcast and a great great guy to talk about uh, top performers with and you know it's interesting I, I really I it was nice because I had options but I was also not exactly sure where to place this interview because it really covers a lot of the themes that run throughout this entire season but uh, I really like that we talked about how much bigger the vision and the scope of uh, view the field of view is for top performers and I think that fits right here especially after I went in the last episode, and I want to share it with you now. Luigi Preston so good to see you uh, here on the screen, virtually anyway. One of these days we'll be able to get together in person again, but um, I, I, I want to talk to you today because our heads are both in very similar places at the same time, and I think we both realize that as it relates to this concept that I'm calling you know, professional salesmanship or professional sellership uh, uh, instead of just being a sales professional, which is just someone who gets um, paid to sell. And, and you're coming up with some similar content around top performing salespeople. What what in your mind separates the very best from everybody else?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question, Jeff. I think, um, and again, I've given this a lot of deep thought, right, uh, over the years, but I think fundamentally what really does separate is, is, a, is a sales person or a sales professional's pursuit for excellence. You know, when they're really, really, it's like a relentless pursuit. Um, and what I mean by that, that, that pursuit for excellence, it's, it's in everything that they do, looking at the buying process, looking at the buying journey and going, how can I elevate that buying journey for the customer or for my prospect? You know, what could I do to make that experience so unique for them that they choose me? How am I developing my skills, right? Um, how am I focused on conditioning my mindset to be the best I can be? And I think, you know, that that stems from being really accountable for the actions that we take, right? Uh, and I, if I look at all the – and you're – you know, we're very – um we're very privileged in our roles, Jeff. We get to engage with so many different sellers across a variety of industries, but there's some common characteristics that they share that high performers share, um, you know, and, and that's one of them. they're just relentlessly focused on trying to improve each and every day um, in every aspect, and they don't look at, at failure as, as an outcome. It's just part of the process. They know that as part of the process, right, I've got to embrace the fact that things aren't going to go to plan. You know, I'm going to probably lose more opportunities and I will win. Um, but there's learning in that, right? They embrace it. They lean into it. And they know that each and every opportunity is an opportunity to learn. That's a mindset shift, right? From sure. that, that abundance mindset to a mindset of scarcity.
0: Failure is not an outcome. It's different from saying failure is not an option, which is what I almost thought you said initially, (laughs) right? Which is what I think, I I think it's a misconception that a lot of people will take. They'll say, oh, failure is not an option. I'm just going to continue until I find some kind of success and I refuse to accept failure. Like, no, 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 failure is very much an option. It's just not the end.
1: You know, I look at, and, and that's why I love these analogies, right? Of you look at Howard Schultz, the guy from Starbucks and how many times he got rejected to get the finance he needed to, to turn his dream into reality, right? It was over 200 and something times. Um, one would say he failed X amount of times to convince people to invest in his vision. But for him, it was a humbling experience, right? He knew it was part of the process. And again, if you that one of the things I think we don't um, enable and we don't educate new sellers who are coming into this industry, You know, especially this whole SDR, BDR, 25-year-olds coming fresh out of uni, we don't actually explain to them the path that they're going to go through. We don't really manage your expectations to say, you know what, it's going to be hard. People will reject you. You, know, you will build a relationship one day with someone and you think it's all great, and the next thing, you never hear from him again, <laughs> right? <laughs> These things happen. And, yes, it can trigger some emotion and it can make you feel a bit shit, yeah, but that's going to happen, right? And, you know, to some respect, you, there is a point of failure, but that's okay because, again, it's the way we look at things. Um, and instead of denying that's going to happen, take responsibility for it. Own it, right? Um, and, and obviously, I think the key thing is learn from it. I think that, for me, that's been my biggest learning through you know 20 over 20 years now um I've been in this in, you know selling in some capacity and I think the moments when I look back and really identify when I took that step you know when you can you, you've gone from a certain position and you've had a step change was when I really learned from a situation right I grew I grew like I, whether it was a deal that didn't go wrong or a deal that did go well when I actually had a major learning, an aha, uh-huh, all of a sudden, I grew as an individual I grew as a as a, as a professional sales pro right
0: i 've taught myself much more recently um, the, the to look for the opportunity in every obstacle and then you know furthermore to not let my ego get in the way of good decision making. Right. And I have the same feelings that everybody else does. Right. And we we talked about COVID and things like that. I'm as sick and tired of this thing as anybody else (laughs) is, but it doesn't change the situation, nor does it change the parameters. Should it change the parameters for decision making? But it's really, you're right. It's, it's, it's that growth mindset that you talked about. And you mentioned before we started recording, there's this line, and I really want to hear more about being above the line or below the line and how you define what that line is. I've never heard it uh, described that way before. And um, as it relates to your ability to lean into this stuff, right? Someone who's below the line is going to take a rejection or going to take a lack of success. We won't call it failure, but they're going to take a lack of success completely differently than someone who is riding high and can just let it roll off they're back, right? I mean, so how do you define the line and how do you know when you're above or below it?
1: Yeah. And, and this is, this is a really good question. I think a lot of us have been in a, in a, in a hyper-stressed situation for two years. Right. So I sure. think we've also got to be empathetic that this is not the norm, but the <laughs> line, yeah, well, sure? hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and you know what, regardless whether it's COVID, we are going to be, and this is one thing that I've also learned in our profession, right? Um, the external involvement we're going to have challenges. Like there's going to be uncertain times. This this COVID's one, if we if you're selling for another 20 years, there's probably going to be three or four other events that are going to occur that we're going to have to work through, right? There's going to be quarters which don't go well. So there's always going to be a moment of crisis or moment of adversity. And if we don't, if we, you know, that line, if we deny, blame, justify why things are happening happening, then we're not going to improve and grow from that situation. But when we you know, accept what's happening, take responsibility for our actions, look at the circle of control and think, how can I make that circle of control as big as I can? Right? I don't have enough leads. Fantastic. How do I flip that to say, great, this is a really good opportunity for me to be clear about who I'm serving, my ICP, my buyer persona, redo my messaging and engage with prospects that I know I can help. So it's about flipping the narrative and really thinking about what can I do, right? I didn't hit target. Okay, I've got to accept that. Reflect what could I have I've done differently and then take ownership for what I'm going to do moving forward. And, again, this is that circle of control, right? And so I think it's sometimes easy to and, – and, again, when we're stressed, when things aren't going well, going below that line, it's A-okay. You know, I, I've never – I haven't met anyone yet who said, you know what, I'm positive 100% of the time. I think it's okay to have a negative thought. It's, it's okay. We just got to own it and accept it and say, you know what, that's an emotion happening right now. I need to deal with that. I need to, I need to you know, deal with it and then move forward, right, because I think ignoring the negative emotion um, is probably not the right thing to do. I think it's important to accept that, you know what, there are some negative feelings that are happening right now.
0: Wow. That's that's a that's a can of worms right there. Yeah. I'm glad you went there. I've acknowledged this a little bit, more, uh, some semi publicly. Let's just say, um, I think in a lot of ways, it's particularly my role in my family. I know you feel the same way about yours, and I feel it's the it's it's our role in some ways um, to our clients and our customers to put on a brave face to be willing to stand up there and take the brunt of this thing when other people don't feel they can. But it does, at a certain extent, hurt us to not acknowledge that it hurts, to not acknowledge that we're tired, to not acknowledge that we're beaten up. And I mean... Look, I, I, several years ago, I went to Italy with my wife for our anniversary. I shut down completely, left my phone in the hotel room for a week. It was great. Didn't realize how much I needed the rest until I was resting. And I said, you know what? If I can do it for a week, I can do it. If I can do it for 10 days, right? In a, in in straight, then I can do it for two days every week. I can set these boundaries. I can get my work done. And I'm I'm finally, you know, three years later getting to that and starting to appreciate it a little bit, but it's still difficult to admit, to say out loud, yeah, COVID's had an impact. Now, how would anybody expect that it wouldn't, but why is it then still so hard to say out loud?
1: <laughs> I think ego kicks in, right? Mm. I think nobody wants to, but, I, you know, I think it's also, again, I look at COVID, I could, I could look back at this last two years and say, you know what, that was tough. There is incredible moments that you know like we got to spend time with our families in a way that we probably never will again, right, so we've got to be grateful, yes, it's also important to identify things didn't go well, you know you know, I showed you before i've got alopecia anytime I get stressed it's it always happens, and again, for me it's about um and I think for anyone you know working in sales can be stressful, like we know right, it can be stressful, I think it's important to recognize that when your stress levels start to peak, that's a time to just stop, not hustle, not grind, because what happens is when we're in stressful situations, our decision-making isn't clear. Like we can react. Emotion drives a certain behaviour or action. And sometimes it's not a positive action. And I think, again, this is another learning for me last year, this last three, four weeks, taking time to stop, and, and, and actually moving away from the situation I was in has allowed me to see, get some such clarity. I've, I've got more energy, right? And I, and I think that's the risk as well in our profession. There is still a bro culture. There is still a hustle and grind culture. Now, I love hustling and grind, but in the positive way, not sure. negative way, right? But I think we've also got to recognise that, you know, um, when that negative state of mind starts to take over, we have a choice. And, again, that's that's in my circle of control. I can't control COVID. I can't control government mandates. I can't control, you know, companies might be not spending as much here, whatever it is, right, but I can control my circle. I can control my actions. I can control who I prospect, the message I put out, you know, stopping the sequences and actually taking some time to do what we do best, right, putting more care and love in my messages, doubling down on my current customers, right? Showing them why they chose me in the first place. These are all things I can control, right? Getting fit, eating well, managing my sleep. All of a sudden, that circle of control, like listening to podcasts, I binged, I binged on Mike Weinberg's podcast over my holiday. I loved it, <laughs> mate. <laughs> so, again, just podcasts, books, right? Like, you know, things like just getting some old books out. Um, you'd love this. Reading some old books that you know work so yeah. well, right? Um, just going back to some of the basics, I can control that, right? And all of a sudden, now I feel like I've got more energy. So the minute that I've gone above the line, the minute that I've taken responsibility for my actions, accepted that, you know what, well, I am where I'm at, not because of anybody else, but because of me, right? The only person that's going to help me go from below the line to above the line is mm-hmm. me and i can't defer or delegate the responsibility to go from below to above to anyone else it's with me
0: oh that uh, i'm just i'm going to just like bask in that for a little bit because it's really really good um so you've got an ebook that's out now and yep, yep. you're, you're, you and I, like I mentioned at the top of the, the interview here, we're kind of our heads in the same place at the same time. And I'm really glad we were able to capture this moment um, while we were both there at the same time. Um, why do you feel the sales world needs to hear this? Why do they need this dichotomy, this breakdown, this differentiation? Why do they need it right now? Because I think,
1: you know, with all the, um, and, and I'm a big, lover of technology right i love it but i also think like if we look at we know there's a trust gap between the buyers and sellers right we know that we know all the continued reports keep coming out um, that show you know buyers have a real issue sometimes with sellers right we know we know about all that and technology to some respect isn't actually enhancing the the world's view on us right um, sequencing, automated bots, all this stuff is doing us a disservice. And I think before we can press send on any sequence, use any engagement platform, any bot, we need to be going back a step and going, well, what is the purpose? What is my purpose as a sales professional? Right? What am I here to do? Because I'm here to fulfill an obligation to our customers. Like when we actually think about it, we're here to help them achieve a better outcome. Right? We're here to serve. That's why you know, Jeffrey Gittemore talks about this. We're here to serve them. And, you know, in order to do that, I've got to, I've, got to, um, I've got to be a value creator. How can I be a value creator if I'm sending the same sequence to 150 people, right? And I think this is what our industry needs to realise is, you know what, the fundamentals and the basics are very, very important, and we're forgetting that, right? And, and I think that's, for me, why I look at some of the high performers that I coach and they, their characteristics that set them apart are not the sequences that they use, it's their attitude and mindset that they bring to the table. <laughs> and then the same people that aren't performing, they're using the same tools. What separates them, right? Again, there's a diff- like you can clear, and it's not a skill thing, or it might be a skill thing, but it's because one's devoting their time to upskilling and owning their learning, and not waiting, what is it, once every 12 weeks to get coaching, because that's what the average salesperson gets. If they're not getting enough coaching from their manager, they'll go and find it elsewhere. They're listening to podcasts. They're reading books. They're owning their learning. Again, this is above the line, below the line, circle of control. I'm not waiting for somebody else to enable me. I'm not blaming you know, my business for only giving me a two-week boot camp and then putting me on the phones. We live in a world of content. Your content, my content. There's so much content out there. No seller should be asking themselves, like, where do I get content? Where do I get training? It's literally free. <laughs> right? It's not like it was when we first started. We had to buy books and wait in the mail and wait for two <laughs> weeks for it to come in the mail. It's, you got it literally at the push of a button. And, again, that's why I really wanted to sort of start the year Putting this ebook out to really say, "Hey, these are these are." There's some characteristics that we need to observe, exhibit. It's like the professional athlete mindset, right? The mindset of a professional athlete actually doesn't have skill anywhere in there. <laughs> it's all you know att- attributed to the way that they look and and the act and the things that they do, so that they can reach their full potential.
0: I think there's a real opportunity now as we are into year three with COVID, um, the opportunity to reset. You you look at the people who have changed jobs. I've benefited from fresh starts multiple times in my life and in my career. And you you can give yourself your own fresh start. I mean, you don't need to change jobs in order to do that. So don't get me wrong here. But you have an opportunity to stop, assess where you're at, take a look at where you want to be, Is what you're doing right now, even if you've been doing it for years, is what you're doing right now going to help you get to where you need to go? And the answer a lot of times is going to be yes, but there's going to be a significant portion of those items that you run down on your list that don't support where you want to go right now. It's up to you to be disciplined enough to remove those things and replace them with the kind of stuff that Luigi's talking about and writing about right now. And we'll get you the link uh, in the show notes to go download that book. It's not just a lead magnet. You should be following Luigi anyway, uh, but it's really, it's really comprehensive. And there's some workbook materials in there, and really some opportunities for you to go. And uh, really make yourself better and get this year off to a great start. Hey, Luigi, thanks, man. Really appreciate your time today.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for what you do for
0: us, man. So are you above the line or below the line? Are you operating in an environment of crisis and chaos right now and really trying to figure out which end is up? Or do you think like you have things pretty well sorted out? You know, whenever you're stuck in this place where you're really just, you're not quite sure what the next right thing to do is back up and ask yourself, ask yourself a bigger picture kind of question. What am I here to do? Go back to, Your manifesto, right? Go back to the things that are important to you. Go back to your vision of what you're trying to create for your clients and also for yourself with this career and make sure you're in alignment with that. And then ask yourself is what you're doing right now going to help you get where you need to go? It's a really great question to ask yourself, really, at any given time. Now, I remember my first day of sales. Getting in my manager's car, he picked me up at my house because I got into a car accident, actually, that morning, which was interesting and a story for another time. But he picked me up and he said, Jeff, you know what? You got to begin every day with a plan and a sense of urgency. What he didn't tell me and neglected in the moment, maybe he took it for granted, I'm sure he took it for granted, was are those things in that plan going to get you where you need to go, going to get you to accomplish, going to help you accomplish what you feel you need to accomplish. The sense of urgency can be wonderful, or it can be the worst thing in the world if it's the wrong plan. So ask yourself, is what I'm doing right now, is what I am planning to do today going to help me accomplish what I need to accomplish and, you know, create the future that I'm looking to create, or should I be doing something different, right? that's that's the the ultimate question. so I'd like to thank Luigi Prestonenzi, my good friend, uh for joining me today and um, you know, we're doing a webinar here pretty soon uh If you're on the mailing list, you know when that webinar is. if you're following me on social media, particularly on LinkedIn, maybe on Instagram, you're going to hear about these webinars as they come up um, but join us as we get together and uh, I also want you to download Luigi's white paper. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, because I know he worked really hard on that put together something really nice and that is available now if you're not following him you should be but this white paper might just do the trick for you thanks again for being here talk to you again soon Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production it's mixed and edited by Doug Branson with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson this podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajoric.